Hey everybody, welcome back to We Are Podcast. This is The Act Out, Season 1, Episode 6, Angela Walker. If this is your first time checking out the Podcast Network, please head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give We Are Podcast Network a like. And if you get a chance, head over to our social media. All links can be found in the description. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at backslash We Are Podcast. And with that said, on to the podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Act Out from open mic to the big stage. Comedians tell us how stories were made. My name is Duck. I'm here today with the amazing, the spectacular, the super talented and, and hilarious Angela Walker. How are you doing, Angela? I'm doing amazing. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. I'm so excited to talk to you. You're one of my favorite comics in the DFW scene. You're hilarious. You always crush it on stage. You're so nice to everybody, so I really appreciate that. Oh. I remember, I believe I came off the stage at TK's and you were there. Was that right? Yeah. Yeah, you said hi to me. But yeah. I got to check check you out you had the mask on yeah yeah i was i was being safe then but now it's whatever uh (laughs) but so anyhow we're going to talk about angela's career in comedy but first of all where are you from i am born and raised mckinney texas Right outside of Dallas, north of DFW. Not the new McKinney, the rich, fancy McKinney, the old Piggly Wiggly (laughs) 7-Eleven country McKinney. And so you've been in Texas your whole life? Yeah, I'm one of 15. My mother had 50. Insane. (laughs) I I read that earlier. Insane. 15 children. Where do you land I'm number six of 15. Six of 15? Yeah, two sets of twins. Wow. I was sitting there going, 15 children? Your mom might have been pregnant her whole life. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of crazy because... Even though when I say the number, it doesn't feel like that, you know. And I guess also, too, you know, there's different groups, like an older group and a younger group. But, yeah. So, at the most, probably my mom might have had, like, 10 kids in the house at a time. But we weren't all born 15 at one time. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, you know, and it was a fun life. You know what I'm saying? I had an amazing mother. You know, sometimes we want to judge things by material things and that sort of thing. But... And she was amazing just because she was real. She was a real woman just tackling, a, you know, having a, the responsibility of this many children. But I think the best part about her was that this woman to have this many. And also she was the first black to graduate from McKinney High School. Wow. So she awesome. was very smart. She had a point to she wanted to make sure that we were educated and thought more of ourselves than other people might have thought of us. Self-esteem was very important, you know. Sometimes she would take you down to bring you back up. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, but it's just a, and just like the stories. Like I have stories that like, we had a dog that babysat us, you know what I'm saying? Like Really? Like some of the stories I tell on stage, people think I'm making this stuff up. And no, these are real life events. Like the dog she had trained the dog to like if he got up, he would make us sit down. No. Yes. Oh my god. What and kind it, of dog was it? A mud. Best dog in the world. The, a mutt is the best dog in the world. All these chickapoos and pikachus and all that. I don't. I want a mutt. Just mix it all up. Those are some of the best people. You know what I'm saying? Like just a good mix of everything of good and all. Like if you get too pure, those are the dogs get sick all the time. Got heart murmurs, can't breathe. You got there's some dogs that are born. And they only have a nose. You got to give the dog Dimatap. Come on, man. <laughs> you got to give the dog Dimatap. Are you kidding me? The mud, you can give him Captain Crunch. You can give him pancakes. You can give him dog food. <laughs> doesn't He's, matter. Yeah, the dog ate what we ate. Grits. <laughs> Does not matter. I, well, I've got to ask. As, yeah. a, as a kid, were you 
introverted? Were you very excited? Were you, were you the class clown? Were you, were you I was. In, I, w- I would say I was introverted. Keep in mind, of the 15, right? I was the one that people kind of overlooked. I would just sit, watch, and just observe. Everybody, all my other brothers were very athletic. I was regular athletic. My brothers and sisters are like extreme. <laughs> like my mother raced with women Rudolph. I have a brother that played for the NFL. My sister Tammy, she played for the WNFL. They went to Texas Tech together. My brother Garrett, like all of my brothers went to college on athletic scholarships. But my mom said, your athleticism will take you to your education. You know what I'm saying? I went on a uh, academic scholarship. <laughs> so, awesome. And my major was sports medicine. So that observation, though, your yeah. comedy, that really speaks to it because you're a storyteller and you're an amazing right. storyteller. But to be a storyteller, you have to be able to observe what others can't see. And so that must have played into it quite heavily. Yeah, and also, too, my grandfather was a story. He's a, a Baptist preacher. Like, that's where I got the storytelling from. Like, my granddaddy and my mother, amazing storytellers. So, like, if something happened and you were there, right, you saw it. But then when my mom would come back and tell the story, she made it, like, <laughs> 3,000 times better. Yes. Like, and when my granddaddy would preach, I would get all the lessons that he had, not based on like just going straight, but from the the stories that he would tell based around that scripture, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And it would give you a different light on the scripture if you just read it by yourself. He would put you into that world, let you see the different aspects and how that scripture could work this way or this way, but put it into your time in your life. And also to my, <laughs> he would call us and prank call us <laughs> and all of that. So I think that's where like the storytelling and, and uh, just the, Making it bigger than life so that people keep people's attention. Most definitely my grandfather and my mother. So it sounds like your grandfather was a huge comedic influence on you. Yes. Now, not yet. Like looking back. Yeah. Because he was, when I tell you, I think that's even a problem with men today. And I love men totally. But like <laughs> with, with men today, like it's hard for me to see a man and there's certain traits I don't see in you to see you as a partner or to see you as somebody that could be my connect. Because if you think about it, my grandfather never yelled at anybody, very quiet. His demeanor was so regal. You know what I'm saying? If he told us to stop, we would stop if we were being bad. Not because we were scared of him, but because we respected him. Yeah, respect is huge. Respect. It's so big. And I, w- I would love to have respect for a, a, a man and just how he carries himself. But nowadays, it's kind of, there's starting to be a gray line between feminine and masculine energies it's like there definitely is yeah please sirs if you see me out do not ask me to buy you a drink yeah that's yeah, weird first off you gonna have to i'm gonna have to buy you two drinks because you're gonna have a drink to enjoy and you're gonna have to use that drink to wash your mouth <laughs> i'm just saying you you don't want you don't want you don't you you don't want me to buy you a drink. The price of that drink in your eyes is $10, but mm, no, it's I'm going to buy you two drinks. No. <laughs> uh, Enjoying this episode? Go check out Geekster, a dating and friends app for geeks that focuses on common interests as a way to make meaningful connections. Download today on the App Store or click the link in the description to find out more. Geekster, this is what happens when nerds collide. Geekster, available on iOS and Android. Did you see comedians when you were a kid or did you you know what comedy was so you don't have any influences at so all? So for me, my mother, right, but like I'm, I'm tell you, I was so sheltered as uh, growing up, like comedy i didn't see richard Pryor till i was grown grown like yeah. in my 30s like oh wow 
but like growing up bill cosby steve martin carol burnett like uh lucy ball you know those were the comedians that i saw you know what i'm saying because we weren't allowed like my one brother my oldest brother darn would go watch eddie murphy and then come back and tell us the story of like eddie murphy's set but he would clean it up for us so i never you know say i like when i tell you i was very very sheltered so but just living in our life that was just the comedy i lived it you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah so the first time you went on stage was an accident most definitely. And I, I love this story. You were supposed to go to a poetry reading because that's something that you've yeah. done your entire life. Is yeah, I write poetry. I love poetry. I love wordplay and, and all that. So I had written this poem. And Mama Michelle, she's a comedian locally here, but her and I worked together. And she this is when she first, uh, she'd been in it longer than me, but she said, hey, there's a show I'm doing and we're doing poetry. And she said it was a variety show. And I was just wondering, can you do your poems? And I was like, uh, I said, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. So I, I, you know, I was like, okay, I'll do it. So a couple of days before she goes, oh, we're not doing poetry. It's comedy. And I was like, I don't know anything about comedy. She's like, don't worry. It's a three minute set. Just make something up. It'll be fun. It's for all first time people trying to do comedy. And she's like, whoever wins gets a hundred dollars. And I was like, a uh, hundred dollars. <laughs> you know, I was like, I got, I, I had, I had uh, some kids. I was like, okay, uh, this be, this could be some extra money for me. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. I went up there and around the time that it happened, it was um, school time. You know, you have to fill out all the paperwork and stuff. So I was so agitated by that. I did a set based off starting school and filling out paperwork and how they got the kids all traumatized. If they don't <laughs> turn the paperwork in, your mama don't love you. You know, just... <laughs> Your mom must not really be invested in your education if she can't make sure that you fill out all 37 documents like me. <laughs> you know, so I won the contest. Yeah. So the first time I ever went up was that show. The second time I touched the stage was here. At the Addison Improv? The second time wow. I ever touched, when it was at the time, uh, Nanette Lee, Fat Tuesday. And she was on the radio. It was a big deal. Like, it was a full live audience. This wasn't no open mic. You just tried a joke out. This was a live audience. And that was the second time I went up. What did it feel like the first time, the second time? Were you nervous at all? Did you oh have butterflies? I'm still nervous with butterflies. I can't believe that. You've been doing it for 17 years, correct? Yeah, I think 2005. Yeah. yeah so I didn't even think about the years. Because I got, you know, keep in mind, I have children, I work. So just the whole gamut of working and children like i didn't get to go to open mics like the regular open mics fat tuesday was my open mic so every other tuesday was my opportunity to go on stage so you when would I, get like one day a week because your life was so busy yeah but every other week yeah. so oh wow. yeah because it was like i basically for me that's why i think my journey might be a little bit different than other comedians because other comedians they would do the open mics going here and there i don't for what I, I didn't have that opportunity i didn't have that chance because i'm focused on my children and, you know, and, and work. So I made it to the point where I, I was able to go every other week, Fat Tuesday, like here. That was, and it wasn't too far from where I stayed. So that gave me opportunity to come in and go out, you know, and that's how I started. And then from there, people in the audience was like, hey, can you do my private show? No way. Yeah. So I was getting work off, off of, of Fat Tuesday. Off Fat Tuesday. That's yeah. crazy. So, because what it was is like, even though it was open mic, it was professional comedians coming, trying their comedy skills out. And they had karaoke. It was just an event. Yeah. Like back when it was just like booming, you could look in the audience and it would be Fred Hammond in the audience. You look in the audience, it'd be like 
Joe Torrey. Like it would just be different people, like superstars. Erica Badu. You you never know who would be in the audience wow. for Fat Tuesday, and this is on a Tuesday, and it would be packed. Yeah, I've heard that it was seriously one of the most popping things ever. Because Jay, who's the manager yeah. here, he used to work them. And yes, they were crazy. Yes, it was it was it was bananas. And the thing about it is, is I think it sharpened my ability was the crowd if they loved you they loved you with all their heart if they didn't like you i see men go out the room and cry <laughs> it's like a make or <laughs> make or break type thing you know what i'm saying so i think it made me like i wanted to do good you know and that right there it was a it was a point to where <laughs> like i literally would see dudes cry you grown sir i see one dude call his mama He's like, Mom, is this really Wormy, Mom? I don't even know if this is Wormy, Mom. I, I'm just... So did you ever bomb? Or did you just kill it the whole way through? Because I could see you just from day one killing it. So I don't... I'm I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm There's... So... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Like, I've never been booed at. I've never been... None, I've been in a crowd where it was few people. But the jokes hit, like, after, you know, I walked off the stage, I thought that it wasn't all that great. But they were like, oh, I enjoyed it. I said, really? Because I, I didn't hear you laugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't, I've never had, like, a major bomb. Never. I have not. But I, I it could come. I've never, I, I would never be as arrogant or cocky to think that that would not happen to I me. I mean, but after 17 years. And your act is so mesmerizing. It's so magnetic. Oh, it's like thank you. you become like you, you're one of the best storytellers I've ever seen on stage. Like, wow. so whenever you get up there and you, and you bring so much energy too, you know what I mean? And it's a positive energy. Even when you're talking about things that are negative right. or like you're mad at somebody or somebody, you still look at it from a positive place or you just call them out for their stupidity, which right. I, I, love. <laughs> I love. Right. I love it so much. And I think that makes me different because a lot of people, it, it amazes me how so many people, like um, female comics, a lot of women don't even like female comics yeah. because there's always a stigma against us that we all say the same things. We all talk about the same things. We're going to male bash. I don't male bash. I will tell you about a particular story about a man that was not right with me. He was the asshole. You know what I'm saying? But men in general, I have, I have sons. I have friends. I have a father. There are so many inspirational men in my life. Why would I bash men? Right. You know what I'm saying? But I can call out, like you said, I will call out that person for their their, their BS. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So, but I love men, and I like right now. I, there's so many men that they feel like there's an attack on them, and I don't get it. And so when they see a woman come on, say, oh, or even I hate fella. Anybody that introduces a a female comedian, please stop saying, "Are y'all ready for a female?" Yeah, I hate that because you change the trajectory of the room because now they're expecting either I'm going to male bash or girl power. I don't I don't know. Just <laughs> just say that's why my motto is focus on the funny. Focus on the funny. Don't worry about my age. Don't worry about my color, my skin or all those things that you think you want to anticipate about me because that's not what you're going to get. You're and just going to get me. And that's the problem is but we, we play within stereotypes. So, Correct. And even as comedians, we do that because mm -hmm. we need shortcuts to get to. So whatever your preconceived notions are, when I say a man in a trench coat, maybe he's a spy, I'm, I'm taking a shortcut. But you, you are different in that sense. So you bring everybody in for the fun. And, right. and it's a show. It is such a good show. You, you put on such a good show. It's a performance, you know. But it's a personal performance. And I was wondering, does the poetry, does that correlate with the comedy? 
with your wordplay? Do you bring that in at all? Every now and then I've actually said one of my poems, done a poem before. I've, I've mixed it every now and then, but it also depends on the audience. You know what I'm saying? Like if, if it's a younger audience, if it's an older audience, that plays a part for me. But I, I have used my poetry. Like I said, to me, this world is hard enough. You know what I'm saying? And I promise you, it's been so many times where I've met somebody and they're scared I'm going to make fun of them. Or they're scared that I'm going to say something bad about them. And I don't ever want anyone, you come to a comedy show to feel like I'm going to attack you or hurt your feelings to get a laugh out the audience. You know what I'm saying? And even for myself, based on, stere- like you said, stereotypes and body imaging and everything, I am not that thing. You know, so even myself, mentally, sometimes I, when I get on stage, I have to talk the good talk to myself. Because I'm worried, oh, they can see they can see my stomach, or maybe I'm not pretty today. I'm like I go through that, and I have to go past that. So why would I put somebody in that position to feel uncomfortable or upset because they think I'm gonna make fun of them? Yeah. So I wouldn't. I just now a lot of times if I do address the audience person, it's because what I say is is actually a good thing. And I'm like, okay, I see what you what you. Uh, you just looking good, smelling good. You know, I, I would rather raise their levels up, you know, their vibration up than to take them down. I love that. Right. I'm, I'm all about positivity. Right. And bringing positive vibes is hard because it's easier to start a fire than it is to build a building. Correct. And, but I always feel the same way. Like, I want to bring positive energy. And you bring that when you walk in the room. You say hi to everyone. You talk to, you know, the managers. You talk to the staff. You talk to everybody. You know what But I mean? the staff is so positive to me. Like, and maybe it's a reciprocity but the minute I come in they are so I mean I love the improv staff you know but even other comedy clubs I go to I make sure because my grandfather once again my grandfather always taught me that you from the person that's washing the dishes up to the manager you treat everybody with the same amount of respect until they don't give you your respect so I'm from the get-go I'm starting off we're all on the same plane my mom used to say you know, Holly Berry boo-boos. I said, what? <laughs> my mommy and I was like, what does that mean? She, everybody, <laughs> you know, everybody has, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> so nobody's better than you. You're not better than anyone else. And you, you take that with you. But I promise you, when I come here anytime, I love that. This almost feels like my, my home, my home place, because this is kind of where I started. And I love this stage. This is like my, I feel so comfortable on this stage. The, the, the acoustics, everything about this stage is just—it just feels home to me. So right when I walk in, and I've gone through so many different staffing people that it doesn't even matter that each and every one of them are just ready to give me a hug, ready to smile, and it's the reciprocity mm-hmm. because also too, I'm ready to give them a hug, I'm ready to <laughs> smile, and that's better than me coming in with an attitude, just being disrespectful. They're gonna do what you ask, but. Please believe you might get a boogie in your drink. I, I just always <laughs> felt like if you, you're going to get where they would. I mean, I've, I've being polite to people will have someone go out of their way for you rather yes. than just give you what you need. You see what I'm saying? Like it makes a difference how you treat people and how you want to be treated. Do the same. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, and I'm telling you, they have that energy when they see you because not every comedian gets that. Uh, right. I thought that was crazy. I thought that all of them did that. And no. then. One, it was a particular, I'm not going to, but they said, you know, <laughs> they basically said, man, um, they were saying something about that is, you know, like, I can't even get it or whatever. And then right when they said it, <laughs> somebody came like, hey, Angela, here's the water. And I was like, thank you. And they're like, and I said, well, you need to get your attitude together. Yeah. I said, you're rude. 
I told him, I said, you you come off rude. So stop being like that. Yeah. And and I they changed a little bit how they were. But you had they had to see it. Sometimes you don't see and, and you have to be accountable for who you are and who, who your actions are. That is one of the hardest things, accountability of self. Because you want to go ahead and be like, no, you got to understand how I did it. No, you did it because you were wrong. Just take, admit it and just work on it. Yeah, that was definitely a growing pain that I had to go through. Yeah. Hey, everyone, it's just Duck jumping in here real quick to say thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. If you're enjoying it, head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or iTunes, and give We Are Podcast Network a like. And if you get a chance, head over to our social media. All links can be found in the description. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at backslash We Are Podcast. And with that, back to the podcast. What was it like the first time you hosted? Hosting, so it's kind of weird. Like for me, like like I said, I started here, right? But then I started getting private gigs, and they were like, "Well, you know, that's insane." You- <laughs> I love that. I love that. It just shows how good you are. Like that's a private gig is after you've you've mastered the stage, and then you start getting the gigs, so, right? <laughs> so for you to be so good at the beginning, you know. So. so, so I think a lot of people assumed things like they assumed that I was at a different level because the people I was around and that is so important and that's a key mark to know too surround yourself around people that make you look better you know say you don't want to be the smartest in the room the best in the room because if you're around people that are genuinely good people and like that talent the mixture of talent Nanette would have come in well if I'm mixed in with them and I'm doing just as good or you know better than the people I'm with she's got to be on that level even if you know yeah really I wasn't (laughs) I mean, but you were good enough to get private parties, yes. so you really were on yeah. a, good, a, a good place. Maybe you didn't have the time at that point. But. Yeah, and I, I think, I, and then I didn't know the word. I'm almost like, because people keep asking me certain questions about with the comedy and stuff. I almost feel like a person that plays piano by ear. Very nice. So you just picked it up from, from watching and looking, yeah. and I and and so when I would say, and then I start asking questions. I was like, so, and, and I'm not gonna lie. A lot of times, me starting out, people wouldn't help me. Mm-mm. Like if I asked questions, they were like, "Oh, you know, whatever." I, and so when I started out, I started noticing little things. So a lot of times I come to comedy shows. I don't come to get on stage. This is my classroom. I come and watch and learn through other comedians. I think you had Lamar Jones. I love watching Lamar has some of the best facial expressions. <laughs> like he could tell a joke just based off of his face. Yes. Rudy Rush is so good at like. He's very stout, you know what I'm saying? And how he places himself on the stage is amazing. Yeah, his energy is His energy comes out just from his stance, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I watch that, and I learned. I also learned what not to do from watching comedy, you know what I mean? But then I started picking up on the words. So, like, right now for me, I need to go back and read a book, just like somebody that did piano by ear, but then they went back and started reading music. Right. That's where I'm at now. Kind of piggybacking off that, what is your writing process like then? Do you have one? Do you sit down? And <laughs> <laughs> is there a writing process? or do you So just... my brother is mad at me and I because I, um, it's in my brain. He's like, Angela, you got to stop doing that. You got to start putting your stuff on paper or recording or whatever. So I'll look up and I'll see a piece of paper that says <laughs> Panini. And that's that's my joke. It says the paper says panini, so I see panini that lets me know. Okay, that's about. It's a basically a joke about a big girl that her stomach it was hot and makes paninis because she, 
<laughs> because when she squishes her stomach together, like if she bends down and it presses the sound, you put the bread in there, presses it together, makes a sandwich. If she pulls it out, it's a panini, <laughs> and the the stretch marks make the grill marks. <laughs> like, who thinks of that? But like, I'll just look. At, I'll be looking at something, and then like the other day, I was watching Mortal Kombat. I saw. <laughs> Number one, awesome. All right, I didn't expect you to say that. That's great. Oh, I'm a dork. Oh, like, awesome. I'm a big dork. Like, I don't even want... I'm a nerd. I was in the band. I was in you all competitions, Dragon Ball Z, oh, anime, cool. all of that. Like, stuff I'm not supposed to... People don't think... I, yeah, so into it. But I was watching that, and then I was thinking about... Because, you know, when they're like, finish them, round one, right? So, I was like, I want some Mortal Kombat monkey. Like, I want to get a dude... And we're, it's like, we you have to wrestle. If you want some, you got to wrestle me to get it. <laughs> like, round one. <laughs> and so that's the joke I'm working on. It came in my brain. I was like, okay, that makes sense. I'll throw it out just to see if the crowd catches it. I'll try a joke out on them during the live performance. Because the thing about it is most of my jokes. They segue well. They really do. Yeah, I'm really into segues. Yeah. I love segues. Because so, it's like, that's how you take them on the journey. Yeah, I yeah. would say that's one of the biggest things about watching you is you feel like it's flowing. There's right. a flow to the con- – and never is there a break because you will connect whatever you – end, but not in that weird like and, – and in other news you – know, like, Yeah, it just flows with it. It's just like, wow, that's a story. But I was wondering if that's something you did, like tried out new material on stage and – I do old material, new material, and in-between material. Like if, if it's a joke that's just hot or sometimes there's been time where people request a joke. But if it's a joke that's hot, sometimes I'll take it out. You know what I'm saying? And I'll put another joke that used to be hot in that spot. So there's jokes I can move, put out, take in, that put out. That is such a talent to be and able to the, do that. But it's wow. based on the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is the crowd flowing? Because, to be honest, I'm a blue comedian, right? Mm-hmm. But I do clean as well. So a lot of people don't know that. But I do a lot of church shows. <laughs> and then when they ask me to do it, I'm like, are you sure you want me? <laughs> Have you seen my set? <laughs> we just, we believe in you and we know that the, the Lord is going to keep that devil tongue out your mouth. It I must like. be true, though, because you can do the shows. So. I've done them, but I, when I do the shows, I will tell them. And I think that's what someone said this to me yesterday, and I never thought about it. They were like, you're so transparent. Like, you, like if, if there's something I'm uncomfortable about, I'll bring it up. I won't give you a chance to bring it up. I'll bring it up. Because I remember one time I stumped my toe coming in and knocked off my, my toenail polish oh. off of a big toe and i had open toed shoes right when i walk up so a woman right there just looking at my toe and i was like in my head i'm like i'm not gonna be able to do my set because she keeps looking at my toe and i'm gonna want to kick her in her face because stop looking at my toe but <laughs> so you so you said something about it yeah i said i said i said girl i see you looking at this toe <laughs> and she's like what i said i see you looking at my toe I was like, it's a pretty toe. I just, it's, I said, it's been through some things. It's, a, it's got, it's got character. It's got a good personality. It's just been through some things. Just leave my toe alone. <laughs> shut up, shut up, everybody. And then, or whatever it is, if it's something, because I had a, a suit on, I made a bad outfit choice because I had a halter top under the jacket, and, and, and I knew I wouldn't take that jacket. <laughs> but the jacket was like a leather jacket, and I was like, girl, you know, you're not supposed to have this leather jacket on. And the air conditioning was not working. Oh. That It was like hot in the room, the showroom. <laughs> was this Arlington? Because the AC's always oh, on my goodness. I was on fire. Fire. <laughs> and so I started feeling the sweat coming off my body. And I told him, I said, y'all, I said, y'all don't know how bad I want to take that. <laughs> I told him. 
the crowd I was like I said but I'm a, I gotta be committed to this jacket I don't want y'all to see my mystery me this is, I don't cause I said you don't know my titty up here or down here you so it took the it took a once I addressed it it took the pressure off of me you know what I'm saying I think I do what's called a, what's the word like magic trick so look at this right here but I'm doing this right here yeah. that's that's kind of a a technique I use. I love that you say you're like a magician. You right. Know, it's. It, I agree with you. It, it, and like I said, it's mesmerizing. It's hypnotic to watch you on stage. You're all in. Like when, when you go on stage, like the, you can see from the beginning, you will say something, and the crowd will just be on your side, and then the crowd right. will all in. It's, and it sometimes it trips me out because I'm. To be honest, I'm, I'm being so transparent. Like I feel that I have the stage down, but the this new world and this internet, and there's been times where. I'll do a show and the crowd, I'm like, this is my crowd, but it's, it's, it's not it's somebody else's crowd. But you <laughs> made it your crowd. You yeah. Know. But that, but, and that's so amazing to me. So I'm like, wow, how can I get these people to come be with me? You know what I'm saying? Cause I'm prime example. I loved her to death. It was amazing working with her, uh, Pinky Patel, mm -hmm. you know, she's a TikTok sensation, right? Yeah. Her crowd was basically my crowd because it's kind of like that middle-aged mother like it doesn't matter the skin color like it's just a mother kids that you know goes in the bathroom takes a bath cries in her tub <laughs> with a bottle of jameson <laughs> in a sippy cup that nobody because <laughs> you can't just you know you gotta oh this is mama's magic juice you know <laughs> those women can relate to what i'm going through and i was just like wow so it just inspired me to that's something i need to get my game up on that no no you're killing it i love your stories because they're so human and, and you're so transparent like you said and so everyone can relate and the big thing about the crowd too is you get the ladies on your side that's when you yes. win yeah that is what listen comedians out there stop doing all your anti-women stuff you're hating women stuff get the ladies on your side because that's who is really here for the show and if they're not enjoying the show the men are not right. going to be able to enjoy the show either and also a tidbit even for uh and I'll say this as well for, for female comedians going on stage and being provocative, you need to read your audience. So if you go on stage and you're looking provocative and your jokes really are not where they need to be dressed down until you get your material together. Cause like some more, this woman dresses so sexy on stage, but also too, she can bring it with her jokes. I've seen other females come and they want the outfit to be the attention. Well, the outfit's going to get the attention, but it's not going to get you one laugh. And then you're going to look up, and because you're saying how sexy you are, and these men are uncomfortable, they don't want to look at you. They don't want to laugh. Because if I laugh, and my girl's like, oh, so she funny? Oh, oh, she funny. Uh, she funny, right? Okay. We see how funny. Well, uh, you go home, you try to hug her. No, nah, let, let the hee-hee-ha-ha -ha girl. You know what I'm saying? It's going to make an uncomfortable feeling. A lot of women don't necessarily like, and they'll even tell you, like, I really don't like. I mean, I've had people walk right up to me and be like, I really don't like female comics, but you're, I, I enjoyed you. Like, but they will say that. And it's because I think it's those things where the expectation and sometimes like self-deprivation is okay. But when you just like, oh, my vagina fell out and I'm, oh my God, I think I'm, and it, don't nobody want to hear no that. I don't want to hear that you're cramping and, and you got on a, I don't want to hear that I don't even want to do it for myself like <laughs> I don't want cramps like I don't nobody want to hear that like I mean just gauge your audience is what I'm saying yeah it's absolutely. important absolutely I mean 
what do you think sets you apart from other comedians? You've kind of talked about it a little bit, but your stage presence is amazing. Your storytelling's on point. Your jokes hit, hit. Your tags hit, hit. But was there an inspiration to do that, or were you just being yourself? See, and that's the thing. Like, for me, like, the things that you're saying right now, you are mesmerizing me in the fact that, like, I'm just so amazed at the words that are coming out of your mouth in reference to me. Because for me, I feel like I don't stand out. Really? I do. I feel like I don't stand out. And I'm, I keep trying to figure out that thing that makes me stand out or what what that thing is like that I could market or whatever. Because, you know, like some people have the glasses. Some people have the hair. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, I've noticed, like, a lot of comedians will have that thing that you remember them, like an afro or uh, the pants or just certain things. Or they always wear a certain shirt. That doesn't really fit me. Well, you have something. You wear the blue lipstick. I, sometimes I do. I ran out the tube. I ain't got no. <laughs> <laughs> and see that blue lipstick. Right, Kat Von D made this lipstick, and then she discontinued. And so I have, like, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit left. <laughs> and then it's it's funny, like you said, the blue lipstick, right? Mm-hmm. Then other people, then all of a sudden, I, I wore a lot of bracelets, like a lot of bangles. So I got a lot of compliments on my bangles. Then I would be like a, a piece of jewelry that I would wear, or the jackets or like sometimes my legs are very muscular and so like people are like man you got legs you got you know or whatever but it's nothing that just is a constant yeah yeah so but even you, but you're the constant i don't think you need something like that i think you bring the energy wow and, and just you, you on stage is just like i said it's something else it's a show like this headlining this show, which we we should push the show it's the uh, saturday after thanksgiving at, at late night Oh, yeah. It's, it's a late night show. Yeah. Too, yeah. So yeah. this is after you're tired of your family. <laughs> you know, you don't want no more. You don't want no more chicken and dressing. You you just over it and you can come and just have a good time. November 26th at 1130. You got to come check out the show. The it's late night amazing. show. Uh, do you have any advice for upcoming comedians? You've already given great advice. But yeah. like if somebody's just starting out like me, I'm my first year in. Yeah. What would you say to do? What would you would you say is the number one thing to focus on? Be true to yourself, for one. I've seen so many people try to emulate somebody else or do something else. Or like even like I've had. And the minute you say, F- it, and I'm just going to be me, that is when things change. And I understand like for some people, like it doesn't necessarily come natural, right? So you're trying to find your place. Even when you're finding your place, stay authentic to yourself because the crowd can read when you're just... I, I know I can tell when someone's written a joke and when someone has been given a joke. And that's on all levels. Like I can tell because it doesn't seem authentic to that person completely. So to me, I feel like do not get in the habit of putting anything in your body before you go on stage mm-hmm. that you think you needed to get on stage. Right. That's how you get bad habits and get addicted to stuff. I've never done that. Like I've always, if anybody asks me, if you drink, don't have more than two drinks before you go up. Maybe a shot or something like that. But do not get in the habit of getting blasted and messed up. And you think that's the only way you can get on stage. That is a terrible habit. Because what's going to happen if you have an interview or an opportunity to do a show last minute and you don't have that time to prep up for that? You're going to feel like you're going to bomb because you don't believe in yourself enough. You believe in that alcohol or that weed or whatever. You believe in that more than you believe in your own material. So give yourself that opportunity to believe in yourself. You know what I'm saying? Drink water and mind your business. <laughs> Don't get into the all the extra stuff. And if someone gives you some advice, 
no matter if it's good or bad, take it. If you feel that it is not beneficial to you, take it out. Like I've never, don't be afraid to get criticized and take the criticism, take it to your benefit. You know what I'm saying? Cause somebody might be telling you something to hurt you. Like, you know, and see where the message is coming from. Cause some people, some of these comedians are, are it's cutthroat. It's very cutthroat. So if they see something in you that you don't see in yourself, they will try to push you away from your purpose. And that's what I'm saying. And also, if comedy is your purpose, think about it. Am I doing this for the money? Or am I doing this that when I look on that stage into that audience and I see this person with their arms folded up and they're mad and they had a bad day? I mean, I literally look for those. And then all of a sudden, I start seeing them just start leaning back. And then all of a sudden, they put their hands down. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're laughing. This one woman after a show told me, you know what? I lost my mom last week. And when you were talking about your mother, or you as a mother, that reminded me how much my mother loved me and I want to thank you. Or someone will say, I didn't want to see tomorrow. Like, I've, you, you, don't, you don't know what mission, how important comedy is in this world. This world is so freaking hateful. And the whole purpose right now, I don't know if you realize this, is to divide us. If you believe it or not, the powers to be, the higher powers to be, they're not for the regular person. And they would rather us argue about our skin color, our preference to sexuality, our beliefs in religion. If we can keep them separate, then we can we can keep we're, we're ants right now. We're just scattered ants and just but if we were to unify ourselves, hey, I, I promise you I have friends, I know they have a Confederate flag in their truck. It's still my friend because I know that's who he is and he knows who I am. And we can respect each other. And know that we have different beliefs, but I still respect you as a person, as long as you don't step on my toes or vice versa. So to the young comedians, I just say, this is a purpose. This is not for play play. If you want to do it for play play, then you stay in the open mics. But if you really want to make this a set purpose and you bring joy to this world and actually make a difference with your purpose, come on in, be your authentic self and get it and focus on the funny. Just focus on your funny. That's all I got to I say. Love on it. That. Yeah. I love it so much. I love the best. <laughs> Somebody else clapping? I thought the ghost was clapping. Oh, here. man. Yeah, there is a ghost here. There like, is a yeah, ghost I'm here. Not even... <laughs> I don't want to talk about it either. Yeah, yeah. We, I got to come up here all the time. So. Yeah, it's not enough people here either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's kind of touched on a bunch of stuff. I think we've had a great conversation. Yeah. I really appreciate you being here with me. The show is going to be November 26th at 1130. Yes. Late night show. It's going to be a great show. Got to come out. You've got to come out and see it. Amazing. And like I said, you're about to blow up. It's going to be so cool. So I'm so happy you came on the show. Today. So and thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. I All right. It. All right, everyone. We'll see you in the next one. And there it is. Thank you again so much for checking out the podcast today. If you enjoyed it, head over to your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and iTunes, and give We Are Podcast Network a like. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, you're going to love the other podcasts here on the We Are Podcast Network. We have We Are Bagoo, a video game podcast where we talk Atari to Steam and everything between. That's me and Dr. Ethan Eastwood breaking down all that video game lore and having such a good time. Heroes, Jiro's A Dungeons and Distractions side quest. Me and the boys were playing some D&D. You can start that one from Season 1, Episode 1. It's a blast the whole way through. And I hate being sober. Personal stories from epic people. I sit down with some of my favorite people of all time. We talk about their trials, their tribulations, and their journey this far. And finally, our new live video podcast, 
camp slash horrorcast where we're going to have a roundtable discussion about our favorite horror movies. That'll be available on Twitch and YouTube streaming every Monday at 8 p.m. Check the links in the description to find out what movies we'll be watching. Also, check the links in the description for our social media. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at backslash we are podcast network. With that said, thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. Please remember to support local comedy in any way that you can. We'll see you next time.